What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by Tim McLaughlin. Now, this guy first got his start in 1999 as the coolest nerd at Lockheed Martin. And then for the last six and a half years, he's been the CEO of GoTab, a not point of sale company, I need to point out, but it acts a lot like a point of sale company. We'll dive into that in just a second. Prior to GoTab, he was the co-founder, CTO, and then CEO of Shift7 Digital, which did manage websites for companies like PayPal, Chase, GE, Goldman Sachs, AOL, the Department of Defense, you know, like the, the huge. Um, so first of all, Tim, so glad that you're joining us on Give an Ovation. Yeah, thanks for having me, Zach. Uh, very excited. By the way, I was only at Lockheed for two weeks. They said I set the record for the fastest ever to resign. Wow. Well, that, you know, <laughs> I feel like Lockheed, I just like that you, you were at Lockheed Martin and then you, you know, worked for the, helped out the Department of Defense. You know, you, you kept uh, it. Yeah, it was, uh, it, that was uh, totally separate. That was when I was at my first company I started, which was called SiteWorks, which sold to and rebranded to Shift7. So I sold it to a private equity firm. That's what I did for 12 years of my life. It was mostly Fortune 500 consulting, building very large websites. Um, you, you have done a lot for a 27-year-old. My man, Tim. Yeah, yeah, and and if you have not, if you you, get, you guys got to meet Tim in person, he pops up at trade shows every now and again. This guy is a hustler, and he's got the energy of like, and this is coming from me. He's got the energy of like a thousand kids. Like Tim is bumping all over the place. That, that is gratuitous because because you're super smart too. Like, how do you have the social and the the brains? I uh, well. My wife would tell you, first off, I'm not that smart or that social for that matter. Um, and, you know, I, I fake it. It's all effort. It's like my soccer skills. They're really just because I run more than other people. Oh, got it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I saw, I saw you running around that trade show. That's for sure. So tell us a little bit about GoTab. Um, your, and I thought it was interesting how you explained it before we hit record. And, you know, we, we've been we've partnered up on a few things. I'm really familiar with GoTab. Love what you do. I've always thought of you as like not quite a point of sale, but almost a point of sale. And then you explained it in a really interesting way, especially because you did a bunch of managed websites, which were a lot of them were e-commerce websites. Yeah. And so maybe you want to explain a little bit about why, why GoTab is a little bit different before we dive in. Yeah. I mean, so our POS was added to our system in 2021. Um, most of our growth, our super rapid growth was throughout COVID uh, because we've been doing QR ordering since 2017 when it was first enabled on iPhones and when QRs were enabled on the iPhone in the United States. iOS 11. The reason people didn't do QRs in the US, if you're wondering why they were adopted outside, but not in the US, because the US is the only country where the iPhone's the dominant phone. Everywhere else had Android phones, which have always supported QRs. So they rolled out in 2017. A couple nerds like myself noticed that and said, hey, there's something interesting here. We should rip off all these great ideas in Asia, which is what we did. Uh, and we were doing QR ordering in 2018. We went live, got made fun of by 
almost everybody in the restaurant industry for two years. Uh, and then in 2020, uh, all of a sudden we switched from being total morons uh, in the restaurant space. By the way, I actually own two restaurants. But yeah, uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, this isn't just coming from some sales pitch. This guy knows what he's talking about. He, he lives it. I, I live it. My wife still owns them. Uh, she runs them. Uh, and I went back to technology. And uh, I, but anyway, so we rolled out QR ordering at, at my second restaurant just to see if the market was interested. Turns out they were. Most people don't like standing in lines. In fact, like there's lots and lots of data to show that if you have lines, you will lose business that you would have had otherwise. So we rolled that out. 2020 came around. COVID made QRs understandable to Americans because they were forced to learn how to scan a QR. Um, humorously, to this day, one of our biggest problems is people use QR scanning applications on their phone, oh. which are really scam applications. And we see it all the time where people are like, why are you offering sweepstakes on GoTab? And we're like, that's not GoTab. That's whatever scammy application you installed in the app store. Interesting. Instead of using the and name QR, it's probably scraping your data and doing whatever else on your phone that you don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, every now and then we'll see that. It's it's pretty rare these days because most people have learned they can scan a QR, but um, essentially COVID forced that. And then we grew um, about 70 times uh, in 2021, wow. I guess up through, yeah, 2020 and 2021. Um, so what was our nerdy enterprise became something that some people thought was a good idea. Some people still thought it wasn't a good idea. Uh, and so in 2021, we rolled out a POS for those who still thought it was a bad idea uh, so that we could also be a POS. But as to why we're different, um, our system all runs in the cloud. And that means that you cannot turn off the internet and run it um, because you can't run in the cloud if the internet's turned off. So mm -hmm. it's a bit comical when you hear these cloud-based POSs that'll say, oh, oh, we're a cloud POS, but in fact, they run offline, which actually means irrefutably that they are not a cloud POS because they're running offline. They're actually a cloud-managed POS, so you're managing it on some URL, and then it pushes the information down to your on-premise POS, unlike the older systems where you manage it in an office somewhere you know, on-premise. Um, so the good is that we can do some really cool things that nobody else can do. Like, for example, if your guest is ordering on their phone or viewing the check and you're manipulating it simultaneously on the POS, everything's real time between the two because there's not two separate systems. You're actually manipulating that same database that's sitting out you know, on Amazon or some our, our models on, on Amazon, uh, AWS. So you're actually manipulating that same record simultaneously and it all happens real time. Whereas if you look at any other system like that, there's always delays. The customer makes an order, the server can't see it yet. The server has to, maybe that'll show up. A lot of systems actually just won't let you do both. It's either the guest is doing it or the server's doing it. Uh -huh. And in our case, it's always been both systems are the same system real time, even with the kitchen. So everything's real time, everything's visible. There's never any debate about which one's right or which one's up to date. I love that because nowadays there's just so many moving parts to a restaurant and that that guest experience is so critical to be flawless and the expectations of the guest have never been higher because they're they're so used to you know next day delivery, same day delivery like the, you're not getting compared 
to the app of Joe's Donuts down the street. You're getting compared to Amazon, to Facebook, to Instagram, to TikTok, these flawless, instantaneous apps. And that's why the, these expectations are so high. You can't you can't afford this, this lagging, hopefully it's working kind of experience. Right. Eventually it'll catch up and then we'll see it. Hold on, we've got to wait for the order to come in and then we'll then we'll confirm it's right. Yeah, we, we don't think that's a great path forward. So going along with what you don't think is a great path forward, what are some working in restaurants, you know, owning your own restaurants, working with hundreds of other restaurants, what do you think is a, a common mistake that restaurants make? Um, so I'm an engineer. I look at a lot of things, uh, both with regard to experience and efficiency, and I often think the two of those are tied. So an inefficient experience is a bad experience in a right. lot of cases. Um, I think, for example, there's no restaurant where you've ever said, boy, paying was wonderful. That's where I started. <laughs> payments, right. So you've never said, boy, that payment process, that was, that was spectacular. You can only do a passable payment experience. Um and so there's a lot of room for improvement in a lot of places in the restaurant. And it's not just QRs for ordering or paying with your card. It's getting the food to the table quickly. It's getting the food to the kitchen and making it quickly and making sure it doesn't sit and die on the pickup counter before it gets back to your table. So all those things are important. And I just see all the time where people aren't paying attention to those processes because it's how they've always been doing it. And they don't leverage technology. So for example, a really simple one um, that we do, and we see about 50% savings on your runners, is we consolidate the orders and we don't do first in, first out in the kitchen because we run the whole kitchen, right? We're running the bar and we are going to lay out uh, the orders differently in the kitchen based on delivery efficiency. Because what you don't want to do is send your runner to the third floor and then out to the patio and then back up to the third floor uh -huh. because that cost you two minutes of runtime. Yeah. And it cost you another dirty tray because you just did. And if you take both of those runs up to the third floor on the same tray, you can say hi to the guests. You're faster. You just saved a bunch of running time. The guests got their stuff at the same time. It's it's better for everybody. The experience is better because we get to clink our drinks and say cheers because your drink didn't get entered a few minutes later than mine um, or it did get entered, but it still showed up at the same time. Um, you take that model and you take it to the more complicated scenarios like a hotel or a food hall where you order tacos and I order a burger and you get your tacos five minutes before I get my burger, like the experience and efficiency come together, right? If those both come to our table at the same time, then we get to eat at the same time. We save on trays, we save on runners. It's all efficiency and a better experience at the same time. Dude, well, I just know I went to a restaurant in Lake George recently and uh, Lake George, New York, beautiful area. Went to a restaurant, told my family, hey, we got to try this burger place out. Heard a lot of great things about it. We went there. First of all, a lot of inefficiencies as you get there. 30 minutes until we got menus, right? Yeah. And and then it took them, you know, it took them another 45 minutes to get us our food. Now, right. when, when the food came, the, the drinks came first. Yeah. And it was like so watered down. I was like, what in the world? Then the food came and it came like 15 minutes apart, you know, between when we got our first item and last item. Right. right. And, and some of it was like too hot to eat other like the onion rings are super cold. 
And I was like, what is going on? And so as I was, as I was walking out, I went by the, the, I couldn't help myself. I had to look in the kitchen. You know, you yeah. know how it is. Like when you're in the business, your, your mind yeah. starts going. Absolutely. And I look in there, the expo section is just packed with food. I mean, that kitchen was pumping out so much food. It was sitting there. I look on the counter and there are like 30 uh, drinks just sitting there in the sun and Dumb. none of them had ice in them because they filled it with ice and then they sat there in the sun. So these are the inefficiencies yep. that is costing lots of money. Cause guess what? Not only, not only did uh, my family will never go back, but now there's a negative review. Well, you also didn't order a second drink. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, like that. And by the way, in a, in a, uh, an alcoholic, uh, like a place where alcohol is a big part of the revenue. Not only is that a reduction in revenue, it's actually almost all their profit. Yeah. So that second drink is basically where all the profit is. And you just took your table up for an hour to get them the meal. And you didn't capture that second drink, which would have cost you 10 minutes of table time. So basically, I, I, yeah, anyway. Um, These are the, efficient, the inefficiencies where it, it's so critical to iron these wrinkles out because these wrinkles are costing this industry billions. And if you are a restaurateur, it's literally... There, there, you should have tens of thousands of dollars more in your pocket right now, in your pocket. Yeah, correct. If, if they're just more, more efficiencies. And that's one of the things that I love about GoTab. And one of the things where, you know, talking to people, I, I actually first got introduced to GoTab because somebody that ate at a restaurant where they use GoTab and they were blown away at <laughs> how frictionless and seamless it was. Now, Talk to us a little bit about who who are like your ideal customers. Uh, well, right now we're we just rolled out a new product focused on food halls and again large complicated operations. But food halls have a particularly extreme problem. I mean, yes. the, the experience kind of sucks in a lot of ways. There's a lot of food diversity, which is awesome. But think about it, like a food hall is a recognition of a trend that's been happening in restaurants for a while. You put a restaurant next to a restaurant and they both get more business. You put another restaurant there and they get more business still. But now they basically took all of them and put them under a roof and they get more business still. But the experience from the guest, like you with your family, is you get there and your wife's like, well, I want tacos. And you say, well, I want burgers. And then your kids say, I want pizza. And then I want ice cream, right? And that's now four lines you get to go stand in with four payments, which cost the merchants more because they're paying more for credit card processing. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they all arrive at different times and someone has to hold down the table because yeah. otherwise the table's gone. Um, so all in all, it's like a, it's a pretty bad experience. It bad to run, wasteful in terms of like paper trays, et cetera. Et cetera. Um, anyway, I will shorten it to say what we did roll out is the ability to do one order from a QR. Yes, we are not a QR only company. We have full POSs. We run all the kitchens. But in a food hall, it makes a ton of sense, right? Because there's no servers in a food hall. Yep. So you order from a QR, so you're not standing in five lines. It goes to X number of restaurants. It coordinates all the timing, so everything's ready at the same time. If they want to deliver it, it comes to your table. If they want to pick it up, we message you about your orders being ready. You go pick them up, or they get delivered. The experience is much better. Your table doesn't disappear. You don't have to coordinate timing. You don't have to stand in separate lines. All is well. And you get the diversity of food that you went to the food hall for in the first place. 
Um, and I cannot, I, man, I can't not wait until I can go to a food hall that I have that kind of experience at, because to me, I, I am a buffet guy, Tim. Yeah. I love eating at buffets because I love having a little bit of everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I have clinically diagnosed, self-diagnosed food ADD. I yeah. cannot eat a oh, single, like I, I can't do it. I got to bounce around between flavors and yeah. profiles and textures. So here's the kicker that makes us 100% unique. Okay. So I just took one payment across five merchants, right? Yeah. And by the way, the food hall typically gets a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they get 10%, maybe they get 15% for cleaning and credit card and real estate, whatever. So now what GoTab will do the next day is they pay everybody the next day, the proportion appropriate to them. Tips can be split separate from payments and everybody gets paid all automatically and the house gets its fee. And the house can also set up what we call invoices. There's actually a couple different names for them, but you can essentially say, well, okay, the house is going to hold back the house money. It's 10%. And by the way, Joe broke his sink and we had to repair his sink. So we're going to hold back an additional hundred bucks because we had to repair it. So it's an internal billing system, super efficient. It doesn't add any additional transactional costs. Um, and it doesn't add all the overhead because what we've learned is in these food halls, they have to hire a full-time accountant to manage all that. Yeah, dude. I love that, Tim. Awesome. I can't wait for that to happen. So now in light of all of this, what do you think is one of the most important aspects of guest experience nowadays? Um, I do think control is a really big part of it. I think control. guest control. Yes. Like when I want to leave, I want to leave. That's, that's oh, point got it. When I want to order, I want to order. I'm sorry that that you're busy. I'm sorry that you're picking up a glass that someone broke on the other side of the room. But I really would like to order now, right? I really wouldn't want to wait for the menus to show up. I really would like to just order. Because my kids, by the way, they're screaming, right? Um, So to your point, you're sitting at that place and 45 minutes to get your menu and then 30 minutes to get your food. Like kids, kids and people with dogs were the first, by the way, families with kids and families with dogs, those are the first people who adopted QRs. I never thought this would be the case, but they were the first fastest adopters because turns out they couldn't bring the screaming kids in. They didn't want to stand in line with their kids. They wanted to sit on the patio so the kids could run around. Oh, uh, interesting. And, and all these same problems, these logistical problems, like giving them control was the first thing that, I mean, that was awesome for them. That makes a lot of sense. I like how you put that. It's, it's, it's like putting... Uh, yeah, it's like that optionality as opposed to just like you're saying that control as opposed to waiting, as opposed to being on someone else's timetable. Uh, yeah. I think that's, that's a really, really insightful answer. What are some successful tactics that you have uh, seen lately or tried lately in your own restaurants? I'm trying all kinds of stuff. We're doing some menu optimization things so we can start doing market tests on menu data uh, to understand conversions and satisfactions and recurrence around, like say you roll out a new product and you want to understand, is that product bringing business back or is it destroying repeat business? Um, So that's some of the things we're working on. Um, I don't know if other people are doing that because no one's told me they are. Uh-huh. Uh, we're doing some, we just rolled out a really cool new feature called easy tab, which lets people who don't want to type a credit card into their phone, they can dip a card in a terminal and then they text message them the tab. So they basically took a physical card, converted to a digital card. They never created a profile, but we created a profile. Like if you imagine you walk with the bar, you open a tab, you dip your card, right? Uh-huh. So you open the tab, but instead of having to come back to the bar to order your next drink, 
you just wore your next drink from your phone or your wings. And you never created a profile. You never typed in your card because it took it all in a text message you your tab from the bar. Interesting. Love that. There's some that that went live about a month and a half ago. It's got a go tab feature. Yeah, it's a go tab feature. Um, your restaurants, please use that. I would. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, so there, there's some things like that. There's I mean, I, I just actually went to my first restaurant with a robot. That was kind of interesting. I'm not sure where I stand on that. Uh, it was a yeah. it was a newer restaurant, so I thought they could get away with it. I'm not sure that everybody. I don't know. I think new restaurants can get away with it rather than pre-existing restaurants. Yeah, I, I go back and forth of, you know, Wade Allen is on my board and I know he's pretty bullish on the, um, you know, uh, robots that'll go deliver food or robots where you can, they'll follow around and help with busing. Um, I also went to Pizza HQ out in New Jersey, which is a shop, a uh, picnic shop. Uh, right. run by Clayton Wood. I just had him had him recently on the podcast. I'll put that in the show notes. But you know, there I think that there's a lot of opportunity for back of house robots more so than front of house robots, in my opinion. Yeah, but we'll see. I appreciate that there are people like Wade that are out there with chilies trying it out, and I appreciate that there's pioneers like Pizza HQ that are really putting picnic to the to the test. And I'll tell you what, I had a pizza and. I would have never known that it was made by a robot. Like it was. Were the toppings well distributed? The toppings were well distributed. The, oh, it was sauced well. And then, you know, slid right into that conveyor belt oven, uh, cooked very well. And I mean, like it was a great slice of pie. I, 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 I've been, I actually was just, just thinking about looking through my Instagram stories. I was like, man, that pizza was good. <laughs> Cool. I, you know, I actually think the robot industry, at least in restaurants, would do better if they didn't call them robots. I think if they, yeah. called, I think if they called them like smart carts that delivered your food, then it would feel less like a human replacement. Yeah. So right when they they actually hurt themselves by acting like they're more than they are because they're really just a cart. Right. I, and and I think that there's this is this is one point I'm yeah. glad that we're here. I'm excited to see what the restaurants to the future look like when my kids eat, uh, you know, and, and I do think that there will be automation to them. I yeah. do believe in drone delivery. I do believe that there's going to be a lot of uh, in, in delivery robots. Um, and then we'll, we'll see how things work though. I think that um, I, I think there's going to be a long road to get to that being standardized. Yeah. So I, last question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jim. I was going to say, I think there's a ton of room for humans, but I think humans should focus on the things that humans add value to. Uh, and and those are those are the more sophisticated, you know, the touch part, the communication part, the storytelling part. All those things we convey very well, like taking a check, taking a payment, a reorder, I, all those things like that's that's been my hypothesis all along. Take the low value things. And make them go away with automation, whether it's computers or, or phones or robots or whatever, so that people can spend the time that they want to spend. And sometimes they don't. A lot of customers don't want to spend time, but there are times that you do. Yep. Love it. So who who deserves innovation in the restaurant industry, Tim? Who is somebody that we should be following? Ah, uh, you know, I, I read through this. I I have to admit, I got I get a ton of inspiration outside the restaurant industry. So I tend to look at a lot of stuff. I was just reading Amazon's new, you know, handprint payment thing that they just rolled out. I think it's Amazon One. Um, 
So I'm often looking more, um, I would say, I think the food halls in general, I don't want to call it a specific one. I'm happy to call it mine, but there's some that are doing some pretty cool things. Um, we're, we're launching one where you walk in with an RF and they, they brought it to us. So I should be clear. I can't name them yet. I'm happy to name them later. But you walk in, you basically open a tab, they hand you an RFID card or a wristband, and you walk around and you tap and you just order. It's your buffet, like you asked for, but you essentially do it all with an RFID uh, card. So you're not oh. paying anywhere. You can tap the beer wall and the beer pours you know, itself, but you essentially just have this little magical like whole food hall buffet. Um, so I think that was pretty cool. I was impressed by that. They, their technology is bumpy, which is why they're switching to our operations and payments and all that stuff. Uh, but the concept is really cool. Love it. Well, I'm I'm sold on that. Tim, uh, thank you so much for joining us and give innovation. How do people find you and follow you? Um, I will admit I am not a social media person, but uh, <laughs> Go, GoTab does put stuff on social media. So okay, so check out my- GoTab. I know. I know I follow GoTab on LinkedIn. Anywhere else we should follow GoTab? Um, I think LinkedIn's probably the best. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, Tim, for being the adult equivalent of a prom king and valedictorian, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us, my man. Thank you so much, Zach. Thanks for having me. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.